10 Books to Make You a Better Writer. The Monday Morning Memo for July 25, 2016. The reason people write poorly is because they read too many blogs, tweets, news stories, and Facebook posts. As you read, so will you write. Maxwell Rothbart, the son of roving reporter Rothbart, asked me to name 10 books he should read. When I asked the purpose of this reading, Maxwell said, I just want to know what great writing sounds like. Do you want to read the best stories, or do you want to read the best writing? I want to read the best writing. I quickly named seven books before I began to struggle. Dozens of others were flickering through my mind, but they were mostly examples of great storytelling, employing marvelous narrative arcs and character arcs. But my list was to be about great writing, sentence construction, word selection, vivid description, and an intriguing sequencing of mental images. Every style of great writing I could think of was already represented on my list. Indiana Beagle saved me. Wizard, let me ask the Rabbit Hole Tribe to name the last three books. So let it be written, I said. So let it be done. Indy snickered in that way he does when he knows I'm being pompous. Anyway, here's my list. Number one, Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. East of Eden is a better story, but Charlie will teach you more about writing. Let Steinbeck show you how to unveil a mental image from an interesting perspective, restrain yourself from saying too much, and delight your reader with unexpected observations and connections. A second example of a well-written book without a plot is Steinbeck, A Life in Letters. The personal letters written by John Steinbeck to his friends between 1923 and 1968. Number two, the poetry of Robert Frost. Frost communicates bigger ideas in fewer words than any other writer I've ever read. Let him teach you the power of metaphor, the magic of meter or rhythm, and the use of the perfect word. At his simplest, most rhythmical and cryptic, Frost is a remarkable poet. He is surely that. In other words, If you were chopping wood, that chore had some kind of universal significance to Frost. If you were picking apples, this has a general conclusive principle somewhere involved in it or with it in some way. This localizing way of getting generalities to reveal themselves, like universal design, original sin, love, death, fate. Frost found a way to do this, to make anything that has ever concerned mankind relate to a New England farm. James Dickey Classes on Modern Poets and the Art of Poetry, page 126. Number three, One Summer, America 1927, by Bill Bryson. Some of the best advice I offer writers is this. Take your inspiration from wherever you find it, no matter how ridiculous. Bill Bryson is the world's best example of this. It is impossible not to be devastated by his fascinating choices of subject matter, his deep research, obvious restraint, and amazing phrasing. Number four, The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. This very short book put Hemingway over the top to win the Nobel Prize in Literature. Let Ernest teach you how simple observations, clearly stated, have impact. Number five, Hawaii by James Michener. Michener will teach you patience, 
and attention to detail. If object of reality and clarity are your goals as a writer, Michener and Hemingway are the voices you want echoing in your mind as you write. Number 6. 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez Magical realism isn't fantasy or science fiction. It is the straight-faced, deadpan inclusion of magical or unreal elements in an otherwise realistic or mundane environment. And no one does this better than Gabriel Garcia Marquez. This is the opening line. Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Colonel Aureliano Buendia was to remember the distant afternoon when his father took him to sea ice. Number 7. Still Life with Woodpecker by Tom Robbins On the third day of the Magical Worlds Communications Workshop, we teach chaotic writing. No one explains it better than Tom Robbins. Everything in the universe is connected, of course. It's just a matter of using imagination to discover the links, and language to expand and enliven them. I always start with three or four completely unrelated big ideas, and maybe a character or two who have ostensible connections neither to each other nor to any of the big ideas. I never begin with more than the vaguest idea of the plot. To pull that off with an acceptable degree of artistry, one must write very, very slowly, and be able to hold a great many things in one's mind. It went whoosh as it shot by, a sleek panatella of frozen light, pulsating with polka dots of every color, traveling a mere thousand feet or so above the water, an incredible speed in mopping up the last of the sunset, as if it were a bar rag from outer space. Tom Robbins, describing a UFO in Still Life with Woodpecker. Are you surprised that Don Quixote was not on my list? Pop into the rabbit hole, and Indy Beagle will tell you why. To find the rabbit hole, just go to mondaymorningmemo.com. Look in the archives for the Monday Morning Memo for July 25th, 2016. Click the image of the books and the beagle at the top of the page. Want to become a better writer? You've got some reading to do. Roy H. Williams As editor of CTDO Magazine, Chief Talent Development Officer Ann Parker is an expert on talent development. She has a unique window on state-of-the-art personnel development at Fortune 500 companies and at businesses with fewer than 10 employees. Listen in as Ann shares some of her practical insights and helps us understand how the development of talent makes a business and how ignoring talent can break it. The show starts as soon as you get there mondaymorningradio.com